Have a Romy and Michelle day, and welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and uh, I am joined by the what is it? The Mary to my the Rhoda to my Mary. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm definitely the Rhoda. So yeah, Brendan Fitzpatrick. I, I don't know the difference between Rhoda and Mary. So well, uh, it's uh, I believe Rhoda is uh, Betty White. Is that who Rhoda was on that know. show? It's Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know who played what. Uh, but Brendan, it's not just the two of us tonight. We are joined by the funniest person I know, and that would be uh, the first member we believe into the Movie Ladder Podcast Five Timers Club. Welcome her back, Taylor Cotter. Woo! It's the five would stars it, club. Zach would be the Rhoda because he's the Jewish one, right? Oh, good point. <laughs> Is Mary Tyler Moore not Jewish? I, th- that was the joke from the movie because I guess oh. Lisa Kudrow is Jewish. Right? Oh yeah, okay. Over yeah. my head. Somebody watched the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did just put together though that uh, Rhoda and Mary is also R and M. Romy Michelle Rhoda and Mary. So there you go. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll be watching Rhoda and Mary next week. But um, Taylor, I, I announced you with so much suspense, like people yeah. could not see in the title of this podcast that you were the mm-hmm. guest. Um, <laughs> but how is it going? I, going well. I can't believe I'm the funniest person you know that doesn't that doesn't track. <laughs> but uh, I'm good. I'm here. Uh, you brought me on for historically one of my favorite movies, which uh, you guys must have known. So. Uh, Thank you. I do associate you with this movie, but I don't think you've ever done a podcast. And I know you've done Brady Bunch before. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you and I have done Mean Girls. but I think uh, it came up during the Mean Girls podcast that this was okay. one of your favorite movies, if, wow. I, if I recall. Um, that podcast I, is from like 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it's like, you know, it's still in the back of my brain that y'all did that podcast in the first place. So uh, Was that was that a post-show recap? I'll see the date on that. Yeah, it was definitely. a post-show recap. Okay, so it couldn't be 10 years ago because the post-show recap was only 2014. Yeah, it would have been. It was very early on. It was probably 2013, 2014. I think it, it was, was 2014 because it was probably 10 years, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know why we did that. Or like, how did we end up? Oh, a ten-year revisit. Yeah, I'm April twenty-ninth, twenty fourteen. It was the ten-year anniversary, yeah. and that's what this movie's all about—is ten-year reunion. True. Yeah. So oh man, everything connects. I'm surprised Rob just like let us do a podcast and it's still available. <laughs> yeah, like, that doesn't really—I don't think that happens anymore. <laughs> you April twenty fourteenth on on post show recaps, we had Captain America: The Winter Soldier post movie recap with Josh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> then an article about Back to the Future, Lingering Questions, 30 Years Later by Scott Gallagher. Oh, great. Then uh, Mean Girls, 10th Anniversary Revisit. And then Owen Craig wrote an article about who framed Roger Rabbit. Um, oh, man. They yeah. should have gotten Owen Craig for the Roger Rabbit podcast. Yeah, we do. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do Owen Craig's monthly movie challenge, actually. Him and I, he's yeah. one of my Twitter friends. So. Oh, nice. Um, yes, but uh, anyways, we're talking about Romy and Michelle's high school reunion Last week, we talked about Peggy Sue got married, and due to a uh, reunion, high school reunion connection, we talked mm-hmm. about Michelle this week. Then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and us, your hosts. 
Uh, so we'll be spoiling Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. So uh, <laughs> if you need a reminder, write a post-it note to remind yourself to watch this movie. Uh, you have to rent it, I believe. At least I had to rent it. I think in Canada, Megan said it was playing uh, somewhere for free, I believe. Yep. Unless I'm confusing that with something else. Uh, but if you want to skip ahead and hear what we're picking next week, uh, that timestamp is in the podcast description. So submit your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter, the movie ladder at gmail.com, and follow us on Letterboxd at the movie ladder. All right, that's all my preamble. Um, Taylor, how? Uh, what's new? Um, I, I had a baby since last time I was here, and her name is Phoebe, and she is um, pretty much definitely named after Lisa Kudrow's character in Friends. So uh, I would say there's a lot of great Phoebes, so it's hard to point her down to one, but mm-hmm. uh, I probably mentioned this the last time I was on or a couple times is that I've been deep in a friend's rewatch for like a year so it was like obvious we didn't we were just like we're gonna name her Phoebe because she's the best friend fantastic yeah if she was a boy would you have named her Ross then no (laughs) but (laughs) I I didn't have a good name I would like I do like the name Chandler but that's a little like uh, like uh, naming your baby Phoebe is like very obvious a reference to friends, but I think naming your baby Chandler is like <laughs> ten times that. Yeah, yeah. Could are, it be any more of a reference to friends? Right. Yeah, <laughs> there are no. There, that's true. There are no other famous Chandlers really. Right. Like, right. Yes, there's, there's some Raymond football Chandler? player. Yeah, there's Chandler Jones, football player. Um, sure. Yes. I don't think I could have believably said that. My, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my baby is named after. I think Chandler Jones played for the Patriots though. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Something. So you, could have that. Um, all right. Well, uh, since you are a uh, new mother, uh, have you gotten to watch anything good in the last week or since your last appearance on the podcast, which was uh, the About Time podcast? Very, very, very few movies. Very few. I did return to theaters, which I had been putting off for a long time. Uh, and we saw everything everywhere all at once. Which Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even I didn't even have like a big COVID sort of like you know, objection to going back to the theater. I just had not gotten around to it at all. And like stuff comes out on streaming so quick now. It was like as soon mm. as I like have time to see something, it's on TV. So did that. Um what I got really into um right after the baby was born. So like right after you have a baby, you're, you're like your schedule's all messed up and you're just randomly watching like half episodes of TV shows or like 50 episodes in a row. And I got very into Superstore, the NBC mm-hmm. sitcom, and I love it. Have you guys watched it? Nope. No, no but and, I've heard great things. And I have a really, like, I'm I'm a hater of so many shows, especially new sitcoms. Like, I think anything that's, like, too cute or, like, not dark enough is a real miserable watch. And Superstore, I figured it was, like, you know... I figured it was a lot closer to like a Parks and Rec or something. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I like Parks and Rec, but it's just a little too happy for me. Like, I want something mm-hmm. a little bit of an edge. And Superstore had an edge. Like, I was very, very surprised. So I got very into it. And I, I, that was probably my biggest, uh, like, thing that I had never seen that I caught up on the last couple months. Have you watched, speaking of, like, NBC sitcoms, you watched Mr. Mayor? Apparently that one's really good, too. I started it during COVID, and it kind of, I, like, lost the thread with it, but I could mm. go back to it, I think. Mm-hmm. I love Ted Danson, so. Yeah. Yeah, The Good Place, I feel like, is another more recent um, NBC sitcom that had a good edge to it. Um, I, that one but, was tough for me. Like, I like yeah. 
I liked it in theory, but like I felt like I don't know. It like I don't know if I found it funny. You know? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think it's funny? It's more philosophical. I feel like with like a like a yeah. lighthearted look. It's like almost like um like speaking of of time loop movies like uh, Groundhog Day. I feel like it's very similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like where it's funny, but it's not it's not haha funny. It's like makes you think funny. Right. Right. So. All right, nice. Uh, Brendan, how about you? Best thing you watched recently? Uh, let's see. What is the best thing I watched this re- recently? Um, been I. It was a pretty okay movie week. Um, few documentaries, few feature films, one really good, uh, docu series on HBO, which doesn't count as a movie, even though I thought it was a movie when I started it. Um, I watched The Last Movie Stars on HBO Max, which is mm-hmm. all about uh, Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman and their relationship through their, uh, you know, 40 plus years of marriage and Hollywood stardom. But I can't really talk about that because um, it's not actually a movie. It's a uh, docuseries, but um, really well made by Ethan Hawke. But I did want to touch on what I watched for the Criterion Challenge this week. Ah, nice. And that's the uh, King of Marvin Gardens. Not starring... what I expected you to pick this week. Um, but... Well, I wanted to bring it up just because of the uh, recent news of the passing of uh, the director, Bob Rafelson. Mm, yep. um, so it's really weird. I watched this movie, and then an hour after I finished it, looked on Twitter and saw that the director of this film, Bob Rafelson, had passed away. And I messaged you immediately because you had also watched his other film, Five Easy Pieces, earlier that morning. And um, both star Jack Nicholson. I really liked The King of Marvin Gardens. It's Jack Nicholson and Bruce Dern. Um, It's sort of a weird subversion of what you would expect with a two-hander from those two actors because Nicholson plays the more subdued and reserved brother to um bruce stern's manic crazy over-the-top brother and basically nicholson goes on this journey to atlantic city to try to get out of his brother out of some trouble that he's gotten himself into and it was just really fun to live in the world of these weird characters who aren't aren't like gangsters but they're caught up in the like mob world of atlantic city but they're so on the fringes of it that like nobody takes them seriously Mm. um it's it's a really really interesting introspective movie especially with when it came out in 1972 there are a lot of sort of thematic shedding of the end of the um era we were talking about with like easy rider where it's like the end of the Hollywood hippie age, sort of like the loss of innocence of the late 60s and um, super early 70s. So it sort of plays with those themes a lot. Um, Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I I, um, recommend people check it out. I watched it uh, for free on Amazon Prime. So yeah. Yeah. Um, In my head, as you were talking, I just, like, double, like, way too long of a stretch pun popped in my head. And I was like, oh, the movie you were watching was Boardwalk Empire of the Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's what it could be. I don't know why that's what popped in my head. But I started laughing to myself when I thought of that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so, for me, I watched a bunch of stuff I liked this week. A um, mm-hmm. couple things I didn't like. Um, but I uh, will say the best thing I watched was Existence. Uh, which I don't know if that's like how it was pronounced. They pronounced it in the movie, and I'm kind of forgetting now. Um, but it is like came out in 1999, so the same year as The Matrix, and it's basically about like 
it's like a mix of like the Matrix and Inception, where it's these people inside of a video game. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, and it's David Cronenberg. So like the video game is like this weird, like nasty alien looking body horror thing that they mm-hmm. like plug into. Um, it's got Jude Law with uh, not a British accent. So that was a little bit distracting. Nice. And I watched it right before I watched Westworld. And it was just one of those, like where it ended. I was like, oh man, like this is such a, um, like such a good leading to lead into Westworld. And there's like a lot of twists. It's, it's a little half baked at times, um, but pretty quick watch and definitely got overshadowed by the Matrix coming out the same year. Um, mm. but it's got a lot of kind of similar ideas in it. And it's like, if I would have seen this movie in 1999, I would have loved this movie. If I would have rented this from Blockbuster back then. Yeah. I remember seeing that in college and it really freaking me out and I've, I've never revisited it. Oh, you signed a call. Yeah. It's got some weird body horror. Um, yeah, I would not recommend this. Not to, my thing. No, I would probably but, not recommend this to the other person who, uh, is on this podcast with us. I don't know, <laughs> like it very much Taylor. So have you ever watched a David Cronenberg movie? No, but you're not the first person who's been like. Kind of like, wouldn't it be so funny for, if Taylor watched one of these movies? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, um, no, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say familiar. Like, I know about, like, Crash and stuff. But, like, I, I and, like, it, there was a time in my life where I would have, like, eaten that up. Like, when I was really into watching, like, the Saw movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I can't even get through, like, something that's, like, emotional. <laughs> like, I right. can't, like, so I'm like, I need to watch things on a real, uh, something that's going to keep me real level. So uh, anything intense is is maybe in a few years. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I think it's like Crash was, I watched a bunch of Cronenberg this year. Um, I think Dead Ringers is my favorite. And it's like the mm-hmm. least gross, but it's definitely like kind of messes with your head. I really um, enjoyed that. I watched that earlier uh, this week as well. Um, actually, after we finished recording the podcast earlier this week, um, or last week, um, I, I really liked it. It was it was really interesting, really good Jeremy Irons. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we really love movies. We do, yeah. <laughs> we watched, We Brennan and I probably combined, maybe individually, we might have watched more movies than you've watched this whole year in, the, in this last week. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Wait, no, yeah, like not even close. Like I was going to yeah. say, watched more movies this year than i have in my life (laughs) right yeah yeah no just in the last week i feel like we've probably watched more movies than you've watched this year yeah i mean i watched eight movies in the last week i have watched less than 10 movies this year like i like don't (laughs) having like it definitely says the baby's been born i haven't watched i don't think i've watched anything and before Mm -hmm. that it's just like here and there stuff on you know hbo or whatever but yeah, yeah not not even a question probably twice as much if not three times as much well i'm glad that we were able to get you to watch uh to watch this movie which is uh romy michelle's high school reunion and so you can come on and talk about it so uh taylor you said this is one of your favorites tell us yeah. uh tell us something about it that you really like or like what what makes what is it that you like so much about this yeah movie? i would say this is like a historical favorite of mine like one that i locked into really young and like have never wavered from i guess mm-hmm. um uh i it's funny that you mentioned blockbuster because i was thinking i was like this and a couple other movies maybe one that i'm going to recommend as like a as a latter movie um were ones that like when i was very young going to blockbuster like caught my eye as like that movie looks mm-hmm. awesome like I'm like just seeing the cover of the video and being too young to watch it and being like holy like they look 
so cool and that movie <laughs> looks so fun. Yeah. Like, and when, like, I'm finally old enough to watch it, just, like, eating it up. And there was mm-hmm. a time when this movie was on TV all the time, and that's mm-hmm. definitely when I started getting into it, Um, which I don't know when that would have been, like, mid-2000s, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I was very, always very attracted to how how cool this movie seemed. And I'm wondering if, and it's funny that you mentioned the Mean Girls podcast because I was thinking, uh, like, uh, that Mean Girls was the movie I've seen, like, many, many, many times over. But this is also absolutely a movie I've just seen many, many, many times over. So, like, rewatching it this time, you know, it's a real snack. I remember all the beats, like, it's embedded in me. Yeah, I was like... This is a movie that I have seen a bunch as well. Brennan's the only one who's never seen this. So yeah, I'm uh, Brennan's first, fresh uh... take. Um, but I can't tell you when I saw this, but I know I've seen this a bunch of times and there's so much iconic stuff. And like this movie completely changed the way I've thought about post-it notes ever since. <laughs> like I've never not thought about this movie when I think about post-it notes now. Mm-hmm. I, I've, uh, I've, I've not been uh, able to stop thinking about how you make glue. Ever since Lisa Kudrow. The other thing that this movie has completely changed for me is the song Time After Time. I can't yes. hear that song without thinking about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, really so. great soundtrack. Like I think that might be my I, I wrote down a lot of things that were like my favorite things from this movie, but mm-hmm. honestly, this soundtrack is insane. With the eighties and nineties. Right, because it just starts off immediately. It's, with yeah. I'm Just a Girl, the No exactly. Doubt song, or Just a Girl, mm-hmm. the No Doubt song. Like, I feel like there's not even, like, studio logos that come up that you hit play on this movie mm-hmm. and immediately No Doubt starts playing. Exactly. And it just, I I really like that because it just got me right in the mood to watch this movie. I actually was then expecting a lot more 90s music in this, but mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit of 90s. Like, Be My Lover also uh, totally just places you in 1997. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This is movie. It seems like maybe a lot of the money was like tied up in the music. Like there's some stars in it, so you know. I mean, this they, is the height but... of of Friends, though, and they have Lisa Kudrow right. in this. Movie. Yeah, yeah. So, um... and I mean, this is also like a big time for Janine Garofalo mm-hmm. between playing this character. Yeah, in playing like, every movie in the '90s. Yeah, I mean, she's you know some of them are going to come up later for me in connections, but she very much is this archetype of character. And it's really fun. Like, I, you know, I really love Janine Garofalo, you know, as the third anchor of this movie. Yeah, she's really, so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, like, smoking those cigarettes, like, so yeah. cool. The quick burns. With, uh, with Cowboy Justin Thoreau. Right, <laughs> yes. I totally did not ever realize Justin Thoreau was in this movie. Me neither. Like, yeah. I just didn't know who he was probably the last time I saw this. Right. And, and you don't see his that, face, like, yeah. really. Um, and, I mean, yeah, he wasn't, I mean, like, he wasn't really on my radar until he was in Leftovers. I know he'd right. been in some stuff before then. Uh, so Justin Thoreau dated or was married to Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, married. Um, did they meet through Lisa Kudrow in this movie? I have no idea. Yeah, I was wondering. Like, they got I'm married like, oh, a lot later. Like they were married like five years ago or something. Oh, like yeah. it, so, mm. it's possible, but it's like a relationship ladder from just yeah. just <laughs> a throw to to Lisa Kudrow to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Um. All right, Brendan, what do you think? This was your first time seeing this. You've heard about this. This movie has come up uh, only three times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Days and confused, or two times. Days and confused, and Peggy Sue got married. Right. Um. 
So, but it's been hyped up for you, I feel like, a couple times. And people are, I think this is one of those movies that whenever people find out you haven't seen it, I was like, you've never seen Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion? What's wrong yeah. with you? This is one of those 90 movies that was always sort of on the periphery of, like, my consciousness. Like, I knew about it, but I never was like, wow, I have to see this movie, or, like, thinking this movie would be for me. You know, especially, mm-hmm. like, I mean, this movie came out when I was in high school, and as a, you know, it just wasn't, like, the type of movie I was going to see in 1997. I was going to see, like, Armageddon and shit like that. You oh, know, Armageddon's great. I was a, huh? Armageddon's great. Yeah, Good Armageddon choice. is great. But, I mean, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion wasn't what I was going to see when I was 17 years old. Um, But what I really love about this podcast is for me to be able to go back and see a movie like this and have my perception of what this movie is completely changed. Because, mm-hmm. like... I never would have thought this movie was for me or that I would enjoy it. Like, I'm just like, you know, and it's wrong of me to think this way, but sometimes you in your head will go, well, that's just not the type of movie I would ever watch. Like it's a chick flick or it's a whatever, like it's not really, you know, no Mm -hmm. interest. And then I go back and I watch this and I've spent the entire day with um, Mira Sorvino's Baltimore Philly accent in my head. And it's just every time that I, like, say something in her accent in my head, I just can't stop laughing. It's just, uh, okay, you want to go get some I loved yeah, her accent so much. I did I not remember that at all from this movie. It. And it's, yeah. it makes no sense because they're from Tucson. <laughs> and then they moved to L.A. And I don't know what Mira Servino is doing in this, but it's so campy and so over the top with the accent that, mm. like... Between that and the um, the Janine Garofalo performance, that accent, and the soundtrack, like, those are the three things that kept me invested in this movie, like, the whole way through. I was just like, this is fantastic. So I was having a lot of fun watching this movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's fun to watch this movie so late in the future now. You know, mm-hmm. now we're, what, uh, mm-hmm. do some math, 25 years from this movie um, coming mm-hmm. out? And yeah. so we're at the, the 25 year reunion of Romeo Shell's high school reunion. And it's like, there's so much that places this. And I don't know if this was intentional when they made it, but it so places this movie in 1997. Like, like I love the, the packaging, like the Doritos packaging. And like, just, you're seeing like um, the cheese whiz and just like these things. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what that looks like back in 1997. Like it just takes you in the music. It like takes you back to this exact time. Um, and Especially like when they go to Singled Out, and I was like, yes, like completely forgot about Singled Out and forgot that that was in this movie. Chris Uh, Hardwick and Jenny McCarthy bringing all the people together on MTV. Yes. (laughs) Um, So no, I think that it's like that stuff also made it really fun to revisit this so much, so much later. Um, And yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I wrote down a lot of like little notes and things like that when I watched this, but like I didn't write down like there's not like huge broad strokes because it's just kind of a, a fun ride to. Mm. So t- Taylor, what what about this movie has made it stand the test of time for you as like one of your all time favorites? Like, what do you what do you look back on most fondly? Um, I think uh, it's almost uh, it's almost like the vibes more than it is the movie mm. itself. And I'm glad to hear you liked it because I kind of have a feeling like, oh, if I had seen this later, I don't know if I would have liked it as much. Um, but I think that they're super unique characters um, right. that they are just uh, 
they're unique, but they're also like lived in in a way that feels very. This is silly to say because they're such caricatures, but their relationship feels very real. Like mm-hmm. you know that For they. Sure. I love that they kind of like. It's like they don't know they're stupid. Like they don't know that they are. Uh, like not on the same level of these other people like and i think you know like a good line is near the end when uh there she's like oh i didn't know we were uncool like and i was like like that's i I wouldn't necessarily call them dumb i would call them more like oblivious right or quirky like i because i don't think they're necessarily dumb blondes they're just like and i think that's what the movie is saying except like the tagline like, or like, like the description of this movie, which obviously isn't like necessarily written by the creators of the movie, it's the marketing team, but it's like two not too bright party girls reinvent themselves for the high school reunion. And watching this, like they do make like like gaffes and things like that, but they're also, I feel like it's more they're like diamond in the rough than being like right. dumb. Like exactly. by the end of the movie, it's like, see, they had this talent the whole time and they just needed like someone to believe in them. And I think that's what kind of why I, the the bullying in this movie felt really real to me because it wasn't like nasty. It was more like ostracization mm-hmm. than anything. And that's like the most real form of bullying is like the classism of bullying. Like the weird, you know, you're not cool enough to hang out with us. Yeah, you're not you're not a group. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that that that's why I love Mean Girls as well. Like it's that same sort of like, like very, this felt very true to high school. Yeah, I in, think like something that I noticed, I remember this feeling this way before too, is like when she puts the magnets on her back brace, you're sort of like, mm. okay, like this is just kind of like, this is silly and like not that bad. But like, if that happens to someone else, like in real life, it, like you, it would make sense that they were traumatized by that you know so it's kind of like you're like okay like at the standard of movie bullying this is like you know very low-key but like in the standard of life bullying you're like oh yeah well like of course like they would be traumatized by this and like they weren't the a group but they weren't you know they weren't the losers either like they were just sort of this middle group of two people that only cared about each other which is i don't know very real and, yeah, two and I, I really that... like that the I really like that the movie reconciles that at the end too with the Ginny Garoppolo character and the Cameron ha- Manheim character where that all comes around where they're like, well, you know, you treated me like shit. Wait, is that? I'm glad I didn't have anybody that I treated like crap. And then Ginny Garoppolo's character is like, has to realize that she treated somebody else like crap, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, like I did, like I, I, some, you know, I wasn't the you know, I wasn't the the worst. And it's like this sort of like that's what high school is, is like everyone is so in their head about their own perception of everyone else that they don't have time for how other people are perceiving them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Liz Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think, too, like you kind of see like just the different relationships between all these different people and the way that mm-hmm. that. Um, Romy and Michelle get kind of fixated on things that they remember from high school. And I, I didn't remember that this movie spent so much time before they even get to the reunion. Like two thirds mm-hmm. of the movie is them like getting there, but then also like all the flashbacks to high school and going through the yearbook and like the way that they do that. Um, and you see the way that like this one thing happens and like that's like stuck in their head. And then the way they get fixated on their appearance and losing weight and like 
all these things because they're so worried about whatever other people will think. Mm-hmm. And then they get there and like half the stuff they talk about, like people don't care, or don't notice. And then, you know, like also, um, you know, they see that like, oh, this person who I thought was so cool was like actually like turned out to be like a drunk, like uh, what did they, what did the one dude do? Like he's like the, the uh, the husband he's like a drunk philanderer that like philanderer yeah that's yeah cool. like he doesn't work in real estate like his wife said right. um, I don't remember what he does like works for he works for her dad yeah yeah so um, that guy's you know, on, just, friend, on friends yeah, too like, like, yeah oh he is who does he play on mm-hmm. friends fun Bobby fun Bobby. fun Bobby was fun for a reason mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah another alcoholic well yeah that's uh yeah Billy Christensen is the name of his character yeah. mm-hmm. but um yeah just the way that they build it up and and also like that we get so we get the flashback and then we get the whole dream sequence it's like a 15 minute long sequence at mm-hmm. the reunion that doesn't actually happen it does make it like and sometimes it, in my head it blends together a little bit like what happened on the dream yeah. and what happened in real in like the actual yeah um, and i just think trying if, to remember it. if there was one scene in the movie where i thought that it was starting to lose me a little it was during that dream sequence because i'm like well, this is obviously a dream sequence, but God, oh, really? like, you could tell it was a dream. I could tell it was a dream sequence because I because okay. I mean, isn't that the actor's nightmare? Like you walk into your high school reunion or to give a speech or to give a class presentation and your clothes are gone. Like mm-hmm. that's like the dream that people mm-hmm. have. Like that's the most popular anxiety dream there is. Um, And so like I, I it was obviously a dream to me and I kept waiting for whoever was having the dream, either whether it was Romy or Michelle, to wake up. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and then it does the 70 years later thing, and I'm like, what are we doing? I yeah. don't understand it, it, what we're doing right What now. they're doing makes and, no sense, and yeah. it's, it, it doesn't work, <laughs> and it's my least favorite part of the movie, and it goes on forever. It's, and, like, it's not, the stuff in it is fun, but, like, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Like, it's the dream sequence from different people's perspectives, yeah. like, and then there's a lot of stuff that happens in the dream sequence that is actually really similar to what happens in real life. Like, they people just sort of react differently, but it's not exactly the same. It's messy. It really doesn't make any sense. And, yeah. and when I think about, like, having to, like, defend this movie, like, if someone <laughs> asked me, like, if that was good, I would have to say no. <laughs> like, it yeah. just is very weird. Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't mind the – I actually didn't mind the dream sequence and, like, the the – fake dream the only thing that bothers me is like now i'm trying to remember like things that happened during the reunion and i'm like wait which mm, which exactly. thing happened like which interaction happened at the actual reunion and which happened at the dream reunion and really the actual reunion is like pretty short i feel like they're at yeah, the yeah. reunion for like not very long which um is an interesting choice for a movie called their high school reunion like <laughs> it's like oh it's all about like everything leading up to the reunion um mm-hmm. and then a little bit afterwards yeah, and especially with Alan Cumming being fourth build in this movie on Letterboxd, I was, like, waiting for him to show up and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then he's mm-hmm. there for, like, the last five minutes of the movie. Yes, but he does fund their store, so. Yeah, that's true, um, he does. And flies them out in the house. Like, he shows up. He has a lot of <laughs> It's kind of like this movie. Yeah. He shows up, they dance, and then they go in his helicopter and they leave the reunion. Yeah. So he's actually at the reunion for, like, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I think... You know, I, I do want to get to the dancing because I think that that's like there's the two dancing scenes in this where they dance together. Um, mm-hmm. Like the two. Well, I guess there's more than that because they're all them dance at the club. So maybe there's three times they dance together in this movie. But I think that there's some good stuff there. Um, and uh, what, Brendan, what do you think of the post-it notes thing? So did you know that this 
the whole post-it notes joke that everybody always well, references. Somebody had told, I think maybe even it was you, you had told, somebody had told me about, like, they say that they invented post-it notes. Like, I knew about that going in. Okay. And I don't remember who it was. It was, it might have been you last week, but mm-hmm. uh, there, I knew there was something about them claiming to have invented post-it notes. But, um, yeah, it was funny. I liked it. It was, I mean, it's, it's the most, like, illogical lie you could think of. Because, like, post-it notes have been around for 50 years, but... Well, I do love that it's... it's uh, yeah, that Janine Garofalo's correct. is like, no, everybody knows it was, like, this guy who created post-it <laughs> yeah, notes. Yeah. Everybody learns this in business school. Um, <laughs> but it is, like, the joke that they couldn't... You know, if they made a movie now, they could not sit and make a lie like that because people would just Google post-it notes. Right, yeah. and also, everybody at the... Re- I mean, you really can't make an update of this movie. Um, right. I guess you could, but it's so different because now there's Facebook and, yep. like people in in instagram and people are going to know what romeo and michelle have been up to um somebody will so they're going to know they didn't create post-it notes and romeo and michelle are going to know that uh that sandy is like this billionaire it'll be that they created google calendar or something like that right (laughs) yes uh how did do we know how sandy made his billion millions billions he invented rubber shoes he invented rubber shoes and that's why they like focus on his shoes when he gets off the helicopter and is walking uh, into the. Room that's and... right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, let's see. Uh, I thought I had a lot to talk about with this movie, but I feel like I'm like out of. I mean, it's it's fun movie. So, we can talk about some of the '90s stuff, but. Um. Well, to focus on a little bit of the '80s stuff as well, I thought that um all of the '80s fashion and hair in the flashback stuff was like super on point. Like they're they're both like Madonna'd up, like the early mid eighties version of Madonna with like the veil gloves and the puffy hair and the like the, the ribbons in their hairs and the wild teases. Like I really the fashion was great um for the flashbacks, I thought. Like very, very like we are doing a hyper stylized version of what people dressed like and looked like in the eighties. So Yeah, in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Yeah. How does the Taylor? How does the fashion hold up now? Uh, well, I'm not I'm not Gen Z, so I don't. I, oh, sometimes true, yeah. this stuff comes back, and I don't mm. know about it, so I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Uh, but I thought it was kind of funny, like when they're in those Madonna clothes, and the popular girls are like, "Who do they think they are, Madonna?" And I'm like, "Isn't mm-hmm. Madonna like extremely popular?" Exactly. And like, <laughs> if someone showed up like that, you would be like, "Oh wow, like they look cool." But maybe I'm maybe I'm off on that, but. Uh, I thought uh, they they look cool. Like they are cool. That's kind yeah. of the I guess the secret part of this. Uh, They're cool and nobody realizes they are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you identify with uh, either of them, Romy or Michelle, like more than the other? Mm, I guess I think I'm probably more of a Romy. I don't think I'm as mm-hmm. much as a fat. You know, I'm more. I, if I was going to invent the post-its, I would have. Uh, I invented the glue. I don't know if I would have thought to make them yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, uh, um, how's your How's your Baltimore accent? Ooh, I don't know if I can do that. You did a good job. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, I I couldn't place what that accent was from. I was like, yeah. it's just like I'm like, is this like supposed to be like a weird California accent, um, like a Valley girl? Uh, oh. But I think you are right that it's Baltimore. Yeah. You probably watch more of that. What was that? That show with the? I'm mostly Mary's Town. It's mm-hmm. that it's the it's the Eastern Pennsylvania accent, Philly accent. Also, like um, Mallory Rubin is um, from The Ringer is from Baltimore and mm-hmm. sometimes will sl- slip into 
her fake Baltimore accent on different Ringer podcasts, and it mm-hmm. sounds exactly like Mira Servito in this movie okay. when she does it. So that's that's what like triggered me to be like, oh, okay, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mira Servino. Um, yeah. So uh, interesting timing that we're doing this movie this week because uh, I did not realize this, but her father, Paul Servino, mm-hmm. um, who we've had on the podcast, be- like, not we've been had him, but we've done <laughs> movies featuring yeah. him on the podcast. Twice. Uh, yeah, uh, he just passed away. Yep. So um, I did. I until he passed away, I had no idea that was her dad. Yeah, uh, he he. You could see him in the crowd when she did her Oscar speech for Mighty Aphrodite. She. Um, this has been going around Twitter in the last 24 hours. She dedicated her Oscar to him, and he's like in the crowd crying as she's giving mm. speech. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, Taylor, you would probably recognize him if you saw a picture of Paul Servino. He's just mm. kind of like a, you know, he was he was the gangster in a lot of movies and Goodfellas, mm-hmm. and then we we just recently saw him in The Rocketeer, and then also in Dick mm-hmm. Tracy a couple of years ago. So. Um. Her have you got is you know about her like career and like the her fall off and stuff. No. no. Please tell oh, us. Oh, wow. She's like, so um, she uh, is sort of the quintessential person who was blacklisted by Harvey Weinstein oh. because I guess either she rebuffed him or something went sideways with their relationship. But I believe she rebuffed him that these women, you know, in this whole like era of this late 90s star, these Rose McGowan types who were all sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein and he tanked her career. So she was like around the time this movie came out and Mighty Aphrodite came out, she was like set to be a star. And Mm -hmm. like, then she was like never seen again. And uh, she was in, and even now, if you sort of look at her career, it's like B movies Mm -hmm. and like tons of stuff. And like, and I think, like, she's, like, the example, but every once in a while, like, someone, you know, you hear about someone, you're like, oh, whatever happened to that actress? And, like, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, she must have gotten uh, Weinstein out of the business. But, yeah, so this was kind of, I think, like, one of her last hot roles ever, even though she was, like, a star. Yeah, it says she was in Stuber, um, which came <laughs> out. That was the, the Uber movie with uh, Dave Bautista and Camille Nagiani. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe that'll come up uh later but yes i think that was like the first thing she was really in since you know since the late 90s that i'm seeing crazy mm-hmm. yeah she was in um the ryan murphy show that i watched earlier this year the monica Lewinsky one oh, yeah. okay. like monica Lewinsky's mom but like yeah i think but i think like people putting her in stuff now it's like you know recognition to the fact that she was blacklisted from hollywood for so long who did she play in the monica Lewinsky story uh, Monica Lewinsky's mom. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it says actress turned drama therapist, so that must have been where she took her career. Yeah. yeah. So, give her um, some, uh, happy to be giving her a little credit for uh, one of, a great film role. Yeah, an iconic yeah, role, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think, like, if you said the name Romy, I don't know if Romy is gonna, um, make you think of anything except this character i mean speaking yeah, like when we were yeah. talking about phoebe earlier yeah um so um we get let's uh i do want to talk about the dancing because i think that the dancing scene is so like i didn't remember that this movie had such a um kind of an emotional pull to it like when they the when they are dancing together you really can feel their friendship coming through mm-hmm. like early in the movie when they do it at prom um, but then again, at the end of the movie, when they dance with Alan Cummings' character with Sandy, um, 
it just like it the that like chemistry for me just like kind of exudes off the screen on those yeah. dance scenes. Yeah, so I agree. I mean, that, this movie wouldn't work if Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino didn't have such fantastic, like, friendship chemistry. Like, that almost borders on even, like, there's a real deep love there between these two characters because they've been friends for so long. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, they're really fantastic together, like, as a duo. Like, they're, they're an, I would say that they're probably an iconic female friendship. Yeah, on screen so. of like all time. I think. Well, like the, just their back and forth too when they're talking yeah. about dieting and they're talking about, um, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm eating like the I like I love the like fat free. Sorry about her fat free diet of gummy bears, yeah. uh, gummy bears, jelly beans, and candy corns. Yeah. Um, and she says, can't I believe she says candy corns as well, like multiple mm-hmm. different kinds of candy corn. Um, and then again, like when they're when they're going back and forth about Pretty Woman and like they just have mm-hmm. like a lot of like they have banter that just feels very like. It's obviously very stylized because they have like these accents and they're acting like particular characters, but it's uh, it also feels very natural. Same thing with the Mary and Rhoda arguments and things like that. Yes, yeah, uh, I think this started as a stage play, and those are the moments mm-hmm. where I think you can really tell like it's all about the actors. Like it's not about the sets or the even the plot. Like it's just about these sort of side conversations, which is super fun. Yeah, I had that in. This is uh, not a this is not a musical like they've done the mean girls no. musical i'm surprised they haven't done any, any i no promotion. i think i think it may be um i mean they might eventually but I'm, I'm, i did have this in my notes that uh lisa kudrow actually developed these characters at the groundlings and did a stage play at the groundlings with these characters um not starring mir Servino, but opposite uh christy malore as romy Mm. And it uh, debuted on and the Groundlings in 1988. So, um, you know, this is a character that Lisa Kudrow has had in her pocket for 10 years before she made this movie, you know, or nine years. Mm. That makes sense. And she's not way too far from a Phoebe, mm. you know, it's like not. No, yeah. it's a very similar character. Yeah. Uh, so I did just do a uh, quick Google search and there is Romeo and Michelle's musical. Um mm. And the website just says coming soon. Got it. Uh, hmm. Probably and not. <laughs> it's, I don't know. They tweeted something in, uh, it says opening on Broadway 2023. Wow. Um, yeah. So you can follow them on Twitter, uh, Romy Michelle Singh, at Romy Michelle Singh. Maybe we'll tag oh, wow. them in this. Uh, uh, so a connection to a movie we watched earlier this year, Zach, to uh, Muriel's Wedding. Uh, Tony Collette was actually in consideration to play Romy opposite Lisa Kudrow um, before it went to, huh? Oh, I just said Romy. I said it with yeah. the accent. That's what I said. Yeah. Romy before it went to uh, uh, Mira Sorvino. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, should we get to uh, the feedback? Is there anything else that, I mean, I feel like I thought I was going to have a ton to talk about, but I feel like we kind of covered it all. We, my all last stuff. Stuff. I mean, we had fun. That was the important part. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to say about it. I'm trying to think of like just a cursory sort of like, there's some connections that I will make that I think may spark conversation, but um, yeah, this movie is just fun. You're right that the dancing is like so important and it's mm-hmm. like, but it's not a plot movie. It's not like when we talked about About Time and we were like, okay, like, here's this loop and here's that right. and here's this. Like, there's very little 
happening it's like character study which yeah. is yeah. fun you do like the road trip stuff is like the most plot that you get in this movie i feel like and like yeah. the prepping um and i i do love the diner scene too where they're uh when the, yes, the woman the is business like, woman special right they're like oh yeah, yeah. like yeah like the business lunch but the they're at like special. this little like shitty diner in arizona yeah. or whatever and then the woman's like oh what, what kind of business are you in and they just are like it's like one of those moments where you're like oh did not at all think about the answer to like the <laughs> obvious question that somebody's gonna yeah. ask us like oh, do business. um yeah um and, and i there's like there's just like i mean you know, it's like talking about comedies like you don't want to just go by like oh this line was funny this line was exactly funny. Like, yeah, it's right. like there's a lot of like just like especially when they're talking about like they're so fixated on like losing weight and like oh i've i've how did i gain one pound and like it was great when i had mono that was like the best diet ever like that's very 90s i feel like yeah i wonder how like young people feel about that stuff because it's so like of the time but you're just Mm -hmm. like it it, it's i don't know i'm like it's fun (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's fun when they go on the treadmill like, right. Really slow. Well, I love that they're like. I do love the working out that they, they. Every time you see them, they're doing some different workout. Like they never commit to anything, right? They're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. They're doing uh, kickboxing. They're doing spin class. They're walking on the treadmill. Then they're walking on the treadmill in their high heels, and then they just like binge out on on cheese whiz and Twinkies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Spin class in 1997. I feel like this movie was very early on. The spin, I don't think there were really a lot of spin classes. It, it used there. to be called like exercise bike or something. Like oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like I, it wasn't like popularized in the same way that it is. And then now. it got rebranded as spin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. No, that was good. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we get into feedback and then I'll, I'm sure it'll spark some more questions or uh, discussion. So we do have a voicemail. So uh, it was a battle for who was going to get to be our guest for this podcast between this listener and Taylor. Taylor got the spot, um, but this listener did send in a voicemail. So I'm going to go ahead and play it. And uh, I think you will identify his voice very quickly. It was a a dance battle. Yes, yes, exactly. You guys guys danced off. You had submitted your post-it note just a little bit before he did. Mm -hmm. So after years of exams, study and toil, Finally, I was sitting proudly with my family, about to get a certificate for my professional qualification. The president of the association stood up and gave a speech about the night he finally passed his last exam. About the celebrations, the booze, the friends, the parties. And it got me thinking of the story I would have to tell when I become president of that association. Alas, I won't be president of that association, so... I'm just going to have to tell that story here. So what did I do to celebrate passing my final exam, this much vaunted career thrust forth before me? And do I have fond memories of it? Oh boy, I do. No booze, no parties. Even my wife needed an early night that night. So I finally thought that night it was time. Weary and sober, on my lonesome lonesome, with my Lisa Kudrow fandom to finally give Rami and Michelle's high school reunion a go. And boy, what a great night it was. And it just gets better with rewatches. As for my actual review of the film, it's just fucking funny though, isn't it? Five out of five. One more thing. I always thought Rhoda was a cute one. 
Right. All right. Rhoda is the cute one, according to Owen, and was... five stars from Owen Allen. Uh, thanks, Owen. That was a that was a heck of a story, buddy. I, at first, I thought that was like I was like, did he send us the wrong audio clip? Yeah, what I is know. This, uh, what, what are we listening to? So. It was like a dream sequence. Basically. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I kept waiting for him to say that he then he was standing in front of the uh, the the audience without a shirt on and. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have a, you know, do we have an accent preference between Olin and Romy? I, I don't want to do that to Olin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So five out of five stars for Olin. I'm, I'm uh, glad he loves this movie. That's that's great. If you could probably faintly hear the music in the background time after time. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice. Nicely, nicely produced voicemail from Olin. All right. What do we got next? Uh, um, so Alex writes in and says, I found this one to be fun but ultimately mostly forgettable. It was a nice reveal that, of course, the bully was lying about her and her husband's lives. Also, uh, it was good to see cigarette cowboy Justin Thoreau. Three out of five. Yeah, um, he does look sort of like a uh, Marlboro man. I I think there's another movie where there's a guy who's like plays that same character, where it's like the cowboy who's just smoking. Yeah, isn't it like... um superstar is that what you're thinking might be those no okay i don't think that's the one but there is i mean maybe it's just like a common trope but there is another movie where i feel like i don't i don't know if i've seen superstar all the way through i probably have but like it's one of those movies that like i can't really remember besides the mind... like that thing that yeah thing. what's his name is like harlan something harlan williams yeah is that him he plays well, that's like the he's like the guy he's in like um, yeah, it's he's him. The seven minute yeah. abs guy or six minute abs or whatever. Yeah, um, I feel like there was definitely a '90s trope of like high school movies in the '90s where there was like the mysterious person that nobody would talk to, mm-hmm. and then they turned out to be like the coolest person at the party at the end of it. Like the Dylan like, McKay. Basically. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he was reminding me of, especially with like his his hat. I do wish that. I mean, at the time, it's not like this is like a big cameo because I don't know how many people knew Justin Thoreau at the time. But I saw his name in the credits, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wish I didn't know that that was Justin Thoreau because it would have mm. been like a fun mm-hmm. reveal. Yeah, they should have let the mystery be on that one. Yeah, exactly. All right, um, Megan Librarian is our next writer. Uh, Megan Librarian, right behind Taylor, and I search for that five timers club. She's in the four timers club, I think. Uh, and she says, if you're lost, you can look and you will find me living my best life, folding scarves. If you fall, I will catch you during an all-time great movie dance sequence. Have a Romeo and Michelle day. Four stars from Megan Librarian. Nice. Um, yeah, I think we hit on uh, most of that. Uh, folding scarves, though, we did not it hit on. It is really hard to fold a scarf, guys, especially mm-hmm. those thin ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't fold. I'm not good at folding clothes at all. Yeah, I'm not um, either. <laughs> Maybe if I worked in a store like Romeo and Michelle's, I would do better. Um, you, you should buy one of those things. I have one. Like the flat they, thing that you can that Yeah, you can that they around. have, it, like, the gap. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I know. I'd always, like, I, I would go to, like, the gap or something, and I'd, like, pull out a shirt and look at it, and then I never mm. could get it folded back the way, like, nicely mm. that it was on the... Right. Yeah. On the, All right. Uh, or, like, Jim those department in. stores. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Jim writes in, it says, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion was fine. It felt dated, though like last week, it was fun seeing familiar faces pop up, and the soundtrack was good. Also, like Peggy Sue got married, it seemed too long for how much fun and funny it brought. Mira Sorvino and Lisa Kudrow did a decent job with lackluster writing, though Kudrow's character was a bit too close to Phoebe slash Ursula. 
two and a half out of five. His mm. hero of the movie, Janine Garofalo, near near her grumpy smoke without a cause peak. Every scene got better when she entered. Mm. There you go. Was that supposed to be like, I think this is around the time that Virginia Slims came out. So I wonder if the whole cigarette thing was supposed to be like the. I think you know, so, yeah. The, the commentary on Virginia Slims. Um, <laughs> and a nice shout out from Jim calling out Ursula. I feel like Ursula yeah. always gets forgotten in the sister true. This relationship. All right. Uh, Stefan has, uh, I don't know a lot about Mira Servina. So I'm guessing if she was doing a weird voice on purpose or if that was her voice. Um, that was just on purpose. Um, that was the joke, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Clueless set the 90s dumb blonde stereotype too high. Uh, this was even worse than Muriel's Wedding. The two leads are so stiff and thankfully not believable as dumb. Uh, the acting all around is pretty bad from the actors I usually respect. If they were going for camp, they missed it. And uh, if they were going for serious, they missed it. Half a star from Stefan. So. Yes. Yeah. No. Hard disagree, Stefan. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry you didn't like this one. Uh, I yeah, I don't think this part of the, this segment is designed for me to tear apart each of these reviews. No, but it, if he it was, the, he tore apart the movie, was. so I think you're allowed to tear apart the review. I think that's of course it's fair, supposed to be okay. camp, Stefan. You think this is supposed to be serious? Like, jeez. <laughs> I'll say the last guy said it was too long. This is a 90 minute movie. Let's yeah, I didn't think it was too long. Maybe he was just specifically referring to uh, the dream sequence with being too long. Yeah, I mean, we did agree that. Yeah, and that drags, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Muriel's Wedding is a totally different movie than this. Like, Absolutely. they, uh, like, I think Muriel's Wedding is supposed to be serious, and this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. But I it's think, like, like, the number one comedy of, in Australia of all time is Muriel's Wedding, so I don't know. I, I, it's funny, but it's, it's more of, like, it's not, like, a parody-type film. Like, this is right, almost a right, parody right. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, yeah. And I think, like, for me, like, the stuff that ages poorly in this actually almost ages better because, because of how poorly it ages. Yeah, like, watching it this much yeah. later, it's like, oh, that's, like, it's funny that this is, like, the stuff we cared about in the 90s. Exactly. And just, like, they're looking at the 80s, and, like, it's funny the stuff this is what they cared about in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, yeah. Well, why don't we close out by hearing from Kyle Curry? Kyle Curry is back. Back. Back in the feedback section. All right. Kyle says, Tremendous. I first saw this a couple years ago, and it and wasn't about it. This revisit, I appreciated it for what it was, over the top, and very of the era it was released. Chef's kiss for starting with my first favorite band, no doubt. Also love the attention to detail in the dream sequence, the balloon decoration in the shape of bananas and carrot magnets. Mm. Did Didn't notice that. that. That's really cool. Uh, his star in the movie, Lisa Kudrow, is a national treasure. And four stars from Kyle. Taylor, who was yeah, your first favorite band? Kyle. My first favorite band? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really liked S Club 7. You guys know them? Nope. Heard of so them, yes. S Club 7, it, uh, they were, um, they were like a little post- Spice Girls, and there were seven of them, and they had their own show on the ABC Family Channel, which I think mm. at the time was called Fox Family, and they were British, um, mm. and there there were seven of them. Mm. Brennan, who was your first favorite band? Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, oh, nice. Yeah, um, I was a Bon Jovi kid. Bon Jovi. Yeah. Yeah, my, first al- my, my first CD was mm-hmm. uh, Green Day's Dookie. Um, yeah. Actually, I think actually our first CD was the Lion King soundtrack, but I think the first one <laughs> I got was uh, 
Green Day Dookie. So I feel like Green Day, and that's like a cool answer, but I'm sure I have like a more embarrassing right. one that I like. I, I mean, the first CD I ever bought was like on my own without anybody buying it for me was uh, Nirvana Unplugged, I believe. Oh, that's a great when one. When I was 12 or 13, whenever that came out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I also grew up where like I was in the tape era. Mm-hmm. For yeah. you know the first 10, 10 to eleven years of my life, so yeah, most days. of my most of my music collection was cassette tapes and not CDs. Bunch of Raffi. I had some Raffi tapes. I remember oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Had, um, a, had right. a really great tape that was Billy Joel on one side and Bruce Springsteen on the other, and wow. I would just flip that back and forth all day. It's awesome. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Um, none of us said you too, unfortunately. But. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you too was my older brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, I was gonna say, what does that give us for an average? Uh, 3.17 from the listeners. So 317. Let's see if we can improve on that. Maybe. Let's see. All right, Taylor, you get to go first. So I'll say this: I like many movies in my life. Like I care about this movie and I love it. Like with very much also recognizing its flaws. Um, mm-hmm. the, again, like this is something that I watched on TV a lot. It was not. Or, like, maybe once in a while we'll get it from Blockbuster. Like, it, it it did not have the weight of a film, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to call it a film. <laughs> like, it's, right. like, it is a snack of a movie, which I think is uh, great. And my favorite type of movies are all snacks. And they mm-hmm. also, they don't exist anymore. Like, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Like, a movie like this would be made and buried on Netflix. And it would yep. be, like... 10% is funny and like be, you know, a thousand times more self-aware. And it just, that it's, they simply do not make movies like this anymore. Uh, and I, uh, I, but I do know that it, it does leave a lot to be desired plot wise. And there are movies like Clueless that mm-hmm. do a lot of this stuff, maybe a lot tighter. So I'm going to I'm gonna give it, can I do a, I can do a decimal, right? You oh, yeah. absolutely can. All right, I'd like to do a 4.333333. Uh, four and a third. All right. Yeah. Got it. 4.33, all right. Brennan, you're not going to be able to do the repeating, so you're just going to have to do 4.33. I'm just going to do 4.33, <laughs> so 4.3333. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All Zach, right. you can go next. Uh, all right, I think I'm a straight four. Uh, my review is pretty much in line with uh, Meg, what Megan the Librarian said, like just the things that she called out. I was, um, like, I love the way that this movie starts. I love the way this movie ends. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the middle is kind of whatever. I didn't I didn't mind the dream sequence that much, uh, as much as you guys did. But um, I do think, like, they're, just the emotion, like, when they're dancing, I, I was just surprised how much I just, like, felt for their friendship. And it made me kind of, like little nostalgic for like high school friendships and things like that. Um, and I do think this movie like set a template for me of like certain things. Like I saw it and I just like expected like, Oh, this is what my high school reunion will be like. And um, <laughs> there's other movies like not quite like this, but like it, it's set like there's certain movies I saw like when I was a kid that set like, Oh, this is what X will be like. Yeah. Um, and I do feel like this is one of those. And it's, it really has stood the test of time, both in like the post-it notes thing that like, if you say post-it notes in a room movie, fans, like, you're going to get multiple people who reference this movie. Um, and 
Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't a Netflix movie because this would have just been like that senior year movie that we didn't. That's, that's what I was going to. I was going to reference that too. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Taylor was talking a minute ago in your review, I was like, "Oh, you mean like senior year?" Senior year. That's, that's what it's called. I was thinking about that because when you mentioned yeah. the Facebook thing of like, "Oh, you can't make a movie like this anymore," I'm like, the closest they did, they had to give the woman like brain damage and be like, <laughs> yeah. "Like," I was yeah. like, because. Yeah. There wouldn't be a world where you didn't know what everyone you ever knew was up to. Yeah. Did you guys go to your uh, high school reunions? No. Yeah. Of course, I'm like in charge of them and all that, you know, <laughs> just because no one else even wants to. But uh, uh, we just go to bars and stuff. Yeah. We ours, we, ours we, went to a, we went to a bar um, and a couple of my friends got really drunk. And then I remember we sat outside Taco Bell after it was over. And so like there were like I remember there was like. Like the person who was really excited about like seeing seeing somebody, you know, like they're like, oh, I'm so excited to see like somebody I like hadn't seen since high school, and they're like walking around like a yearbook and like talking to like member berries and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> and then I just ended up like hanging out with my friends that I always hang out with the whole time. Right. So it was like, why are we here? Versus yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. What's the difference? Like, yeah. yeah. My ten year reunion was the um. There was a lot that happened. It was Thanksgiving weekend. It was the day that Auburn beat Alabama on that field goal that they like caught and then returned oh, it back for a touchdown yeah, yeah. yeah that like crazy finish to that football game uh, taylor i don't know you might even know about that one because that was like a huge like historic play it was really crazy um and it was also the night that paul walker crashed his car and died oh, so shit. a lot happened that way and yeah. uh, i think michigan state had a game that afternoon that we all went to Heck of so, a night. Lots Heck of a night. all right so yeah, you, landed a, you landed a four zach yep yep okay um this is tough. This is a tough movie to rate, I feel like, um, for me, especially the, after only having seen it once. Um, there, are, there are some things I'm definitely going to look back on fondly from this film, especially the uh, the fashion and the soundtrack. And the mirror, as, as I talked about, the Mira Sorvino accent has just been living in my head for 24 hours, and it's probably going to be there for like the rest of my life. Um, because it's just that iconic. Um, I, but I don't think that this movie is quite as good as like you, you guys' scores mm-hmm. in my brain. Um, I think I'm closer to a 3.5 than a four. Um, I think I'm going to land at a 3.5, which is better than the listener average. Um, I don't think this was a perfect film. I think there could have been. Uh, some spots to tighten it up, especially the dream sequences we talked about. Um, yeah, I, I wish they had gotten to Tucson a little sooner. I think that they'd spent a little too much time in the preparation to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, the movie the movie could have could have um, paced itself a little better. I feel like, but um, yeah, I'm definitely closer to a 3.5. But there are definitely things that I love about this movie that I will remember in the future. Nice. So that's a 3.5 from me, a 4 from Zach, and with 4, four and a that, third for Taylor, and 3. it's going to be a overall 3.75 for Letterboxd. We oh, man. Right, on the, right on the edge, yep. to, I guess that just bumps it up to a 4. We'll round that up to a 4, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Taylor, who is your hero of the movie? My hero of the movie? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or it can be a thing. It doesn't have to be a person. It can be a person. Person, place, or thing. Uh, I will. Uh, hmm. I'll, I'll say uh, 
the thing I'll say the the road trip the concept of the road trip because I think like that like uh, there's a lot going on you know there's a yeah. lot of like tropes in this movie but mm-hmm. I would say uh the sort of uh, thing that I would want to call attention to is the fun part that they were like we're gonna drive you know like I kind of forgot mm-hmm. about it and I'm like it's always like you know to just drive you know a long distance with your best friend and get annoyed with them and be in a cool car yeah. all that stuff it's a fun fun moment what was up with the like car backfiring when they started driving it was it she I was, think it was like, because she didn't gear? know how to properly drive a uh, stick. Uh, it was a stick shift yeah okay i don't I mean good good on her figuring out how to drive a stick shift after only screwing up right. once Oh, we did uh, mention Ramon in that scene, which oh, always, yeah. that has stuck with me forever, too. Uh, and uh, I, yeah, I will always remember Ramon. Ramon and all the guys in the shop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't um, remember yeah, exactly what she said to Ramon, but there was some funny stuff in there. There's a very specific movie um, that I am going to have a connection for later on just because of the road trip segment. Um so look forward to that. Um, I am going to give my hero of the movie to, if I have to pick one, and I think I do, I'm going to give it to Mira Sorvino. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it deserves it. Yeah. Mira Sorvino specifically, not Romy. Well, the choices she made also, I think, were brilliant in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mira Sorvino, yeah, I think she's yeah. great. The accents, the accents was like, I wish there was more of that just like really like unexplainable random humor in this movie. Right. Um, for sure. I do, like the accent just cracked me up every time. She like talked. there's the line where she's like talking to the guy at the bar and she's like, I'm sorry, I have to walk away now. My, uh, my shoe is filling with blood. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, <laughs> yes. what? That's so random and out of nowhere. So like, random. And then she just um, limps off and it's hilarious. Yeah. It's great. Um, huh. I don't, yeah, I, I, I feel like I should be more prepared for this. I don't know. I yeah. guess I'm going to say, uh, I think I wrote down Romy's accent, um, and I think I'm going to stick with that. Although, the you know, shout out to the music as well as the hero of the movie. Yeah. Um, really great soundtrack overall. So, um, and yeah, I, the, speaking of that road trip, that LA to, to Arizona road trip, I have done that exact drive, and there's oh, wow. signs all along the highway that are like, turn off your air conditioning because your car will overheat because it's so hot in this yeah. desert. So, all right. Um, and uh, so now we get into some connections. So why don't we start off? Uh, we do this a little bit quicker. But uh, what do we got for connections? To, uh, Taylor, have you seen Peggy Sue Got Married? I have, actually. Um, and I did think about this. Uh, that's a good connection. Uh, these m- movies are spiritually similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are there any other, like, specific besides, like, just the whole reunion thing and some of, like, the high school bullying and stuff from that movie? Is there anything else that... Uh, Anybody wants to call out a connection to I mean, Peggy Sue? There's the nerdy guy that gets rich off of the oh, scientific yeah. invention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and becomes the hero of the uh, class reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, you there know, are the similar day. character archetypes, probably, it, between the, similar, bully, the girl bullies and things like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I also worked on accents as a connection to like, mm-hmm. the Nicolas Cage, but the Nicolas Cage accent that's like distractingly bad versus Romy's accent that's yeah, distractingly good. Pretty great. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. And what about connections to other movies that we've done this year? Anything else that uh, you have in particular you want to call? I mean, we have like bullying and dazed and confused, and you know, yeah. like the nostalgia. We've had a lot of nostalgia look 
you know, we've over had the last a lot of weeks. we've had a lot of road trips. I mean, we've had a lot of like people driving cross country for different True. things. Yeah, with the graduate and E2 Mama and Easy Rider and mm-hmm. you know, lots of aircrafts, aviator, mm-hmm. rocketeer, right stuff, Apollo, and figures. So, yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I think um, I think time after time was like. It's not. It wasn't a song that showed up any, in any of these movies. We did all these time movies, and I feel like it right. could have showed up sure. in all of those. Yeah. So, um, and I do think like Muriel's wedding is just like a good like. If that was last year, that would be a good like movie map to this, just because like right. in general For they're sure. kind of similar. Yeah. So, um, oh, and then the character on their deathbed in the in the yeah. vision. Um, <laughs> that's similar to like people being in hospitals that we've had a lot. Mm-hmm. So. All right, and then uh, movie map. So what's the closest connection to a movie from last year that we've done? So I wrote down two. Um, I put uh, My Best Friend's Wedding because of they have that scene in the club where they say, if neither of us are married by 30, ask me again. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole promise of My Best Friend's Wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they watch a Julia Roberts movie. Yep. So, And then I also had Always Be My Baby because that movie also is centered around like trying to impress people you haven't seen in multiple years mm, before you true. meet them at some sort of reunion mm-hmm. and then yeah, also in. lying about what you're doing to like yeah. you know impress them mm-hmm. um so yeah those two and similar yeah. vibes with always be my baby in this yeah. yeah um something about serial mom in this i felt like they were connected maybe it's just like the baltimore of it all mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think I think my best friend's wedding is probably the best one. Um, mm-hmm. Also, shout out Dirty Dancing too, just for like oh yeah, for the dancing, you know, like yeah. good uh, emotional dancing scenes. Taylor, any anything from last year that you want to call? You think? This I don't year? remember what you guys did last year. So. <laughs> no, I just, want, I just didn't want you to feel excluded. No, thank you. Um, all right. Uh, title connection. I wrote down a title connection immediately. I wrote down a good one and. Do you want to go first or you want me yeah. to go first? So I'll do mine first. So okay, what if our title connection was just time after time? Because the last movie has time travel. True. Time after time is an important song in this movie. True. I wrote down Romeo and Michelle didn't get married because it's such <laughs> a big deal that they like are the single ones. And the bullies are all like, well, we're married and we have kids. And mm-hmm. so instead of Peggy Sue got married, Romeo yeah, yeah. and Michelle didn't get married. So. All right. But I like Taylor. time after time too. I don't know. But Taylor, Taylor can well. break the tie. Yeah, you get to break the tie. What's our time? Um, time after time, or t- Romeo and Michelle didn't get married. I think time after time. Hey. I think. Sorry. No I think worries. it's too, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. It yeah. Um, all right. Oh. Time after time is our title connection. That's why it's good to have a third person. Yep. All right. Um, so now we just have one last thing. So. Uh, anybody have a one? I have my one last thing. Anybody else have one last thing they want to talk about? I do have one last thing. Um, Taylor, did you have one? No, mine was probably Ramon that I already said okay. when uh, I interrupted. Yes, you so, one, um, your one almost last thing. Mm-hmm. So, did you know that there was actually a sequel made to this movie? No, but I, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't. So, there's a sequel called Romeo and Michelle in the Beginning. Mm-hmm. Wait, it came out a, in 2005, directed by Robert. It's a TV Schiff. show. Is it a TV show? Oh, maybe it's because this this came up on Letterboxd as a movie. Um, uh, so this is starring, the problem. Starring yeah. Catherine Heigl, Alexandra Breckenridge, Kelly Brock, and hey, I think it's Race, a movie because it's only 120 minutes. Mm, yeah, and uh, Race, Race Seahorn of Better Call Saul. Oh um, wow! 
It's a television film and backdoor pilot, according to Wikipedia. Oh. Nuts. Um, and I have seen this, so I can comment on this. Oh, please comment. Um, there's something in here that's actually kind of nuts, which is that because it was written by the same person, but, and if anyone else has seen this, they will understand, I think, they switch the personalities of the characters so that the Romy character is like Michelle and she's an artist and then the Michelle character is like Romy. It makes no sense. It is like if you I bet like the thing is like this is from 2005 and it was on ABC Family or something Hmm. and so it's probably impossible to find yeah but I remember watching this then and being like this is backwards and I went on probably like the IMDB message boards or something (laughs) what you know now you go on Reddit or whatever and be like are people talking about this but that didn't exist then so you had to go on the IMDB message boards and other people agreed with me so I wonder if those comments still exist somewhere oh there is some clips on YouTube of this so maybe Uh, like you can find I, it. There is a yeah. two-hour video on. So oh, if no. Jim Crumley thought that Romy Michelle's high school reunion was long, uh, he might not want to watch <laughs> Romy Michelle yeah. at the beginning. Uh, but there is Alan Frazier uploaded it on YouTube. Um, Paula Abdul is in this backdoor pilot movie as herself. Oh, so <laughs> there you go. And uh, it's crazy that there's so like such famous people in this. But like I yeah. think this was because like they used to run this movie on ABC Family all the time. And I would watch it all the time. This uh, is director so, Robin Schiff's only credit on Letterboxd. I don't know if she has TV stuff, too, but this is her only film credit. Well, she, right. I, she also hasn't written much. Um, yeah. I really want to... Now I'm on IMDb, and I really want to sit here it's and look here, through the, in the, the message re- In the reviews, it says, they named the girls wrong. We have Katherine Heigl playing the role of Romy. Alex Breckenridge plays the role of Michelle. Miss Heigl is a tall blonde doing a credible Lisa Kudrow impression. Miss Brackenridge is a somewhat shorter brunette doing a credible Mira Sorvino impression. Trouble is, Lisa Kudrow, the tall blonde in the original, plays the role of Michelle Weinberger. Mia Sorvino, who is a somewhat shorter brunette, plays the role of Romy White. <laughs> this guy outlined it perfectly. Oh my God. Did, did, did they see the original movie before they made this is the question. It's great because if Robin Schiff wrote it, you think she would know, but right. maybe she didn't write it, but she made them use their name. Like, it, it's very know. bizarre. This is wild. The last review of this on IMDb was in 2005. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, it's no, that's the wild first review. To me, Sorry, the, the, race, last, the last review was in, in maybe 2009. Yeah. Um, I just did a search for Cotter. I didn't find it on here. No, uh, that and hmm, I don't know if I was the one reviewing things, but <laughs> I was definitely on here reading them. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, well, that's that's good. So yes, if you can, if, you can go to YouTube if you want to watch Roman Michelle in the beginning. Maybe Olin would want to do that since he liked this movie so much. There you go. That's my one more thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. That was a very good one. Last thing. Um, so mine is just like a phenomenon that. Um, I feel like is like such a trope in 90s, especially movies about high school and weddings. And it's in high school movies. I feel like prom is always like the day before the last day of school or the day of the last day of school. Like in this, like it's our last day of school and we're at prom. Mm -hmm. And like, and I feel like in, in um, wedding movies, the bachelor party is always the night before the (laughs) wedding. Which also and, never happens. Yes, and I feel, so I grew up thinking, like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, prom is always, like, the day before school ends. And no, that's not true. And I always thought, like, you have your bachelor party, like, the night before your wedding, which, of course, like, 
only a crazy person would do. I mean, exactly. maybe some people do that. I don't know. Did, did Luke do that? Did he have his bachelor party the night before your wedding, Taylor? No, it was like months before. Mm. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, both both of my brother's bachelor parties were were uh, months before. I mean, yeah. especially yeah. if you're going somewhere. It's yeah. like, oh, we're going to go to Vegas and we'll be back in time. Like in the hangover. Like, we're going to go to Vegas. We'll be back in time for the wedding. And it's like, well, no, you're definitely not going to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I just think, like, it's such a funny trope. And I don't know why that why that exists. But I guess it's just a good plot device. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let us know. If you had a bachelor party the night before your wedding, let us know what it was like. So, all right. Uh, with that, I think it's time to get to con- uh, suggestions for next week. The ladder rungs uh, based on uh, connections from the listeners. So again, that average was 3.75, rounding up to a four. And uh, all right, we're going to start with Olin. So Olin has a 1979 movie, Time After Time, in honor of David Warner's recent passing. So mm. another Hollywood, uh, I don't know person that yeah. I, I don't know how to say how, how an icon for david warner but uh somebody from hollywood who just recently Char- died uh, well-known character actor very well, character big actor. that guy yes, that yes. guy david warner. much like paul servino yep so all right then 2001 uh mulholland drive justin thoreau and a mysterious cowboy uh mm. while two women form an unbreakable bond in la um that's that would be our first david lynch movie if we mm. did that um, and then Clueless, I'm Just a Girl is on the soundtrack, the same costume designer, Mona May, with costumes playing vital elements in both roles and the high school setting. And the unbreakable friendship within. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, and the male characters who ended up going on and being in the MCU, because we yep. had uh, Paul Rudd and Justin mm-hmm. Throw. Very tangential. You probably make that connection for every movie that we have. Uh, Jenny sent in The Replacement Killers. Now, I've never seen The Replacement Killers. What was the ca- Somebody's in The Replacement Killers that's in this. I did see that. It was Mira Servino, yeah. I think, is in that. I believe yeah. so, yeah. The Replacement Killers, I always remember because I bought the VHS from Hollywood Video, mm-hmm. and we never watched it. It sat in our <laughs> in our cabinet, and we never actually watched it. Um, right. And that one is on Hulu, so uh, we could nice. watch it. Now, I wouldn't have to dig out that VHS. All right. Uh, Alex sent in Heather's Napoleon and Napoleon Dynamite for high school hijinks. And then Thelma and Louise for female road trip duo. Yep. Good direction. And uh, with another Jennifer Aniston X as a supporting male character. Oh, man. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Kyle King uh, joining the joining the suggestions list for the first time. Kyle King, follow him on Letterboxd, newly on Letterboxd. You'll see many Movie Ladder Podcast listeners just followed him. Mm-hmm. And his suggestion is uh, Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans touches on the tribulations of high school, although at a much more serious scale, and the students reunite 10 years later, also for a more serious reason. Mm-hmm. So a 10-year reunion. Mm-hmm. All right. My librarian has uh, taken one off my list. She has Gross Point Blank, yep. Romeo and Michelle's twin film, 1997 release about someone who lies about his profession at his high school reunion. Also has a terrific soundtrack. And uh, she says she's sad that I haven't seen it. I've like half seen it. I- like I've seen bits, but I don't think I've never sat and watched it. Uh, next one, legally blonde, fashionable young blonde woman is not taken seriously that by those around her. Yep. And then third one, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, another movie about a pair yep. of female friends who really only understand each other. This one has an incredibly random dance sequence. This movie reminded me a lot of Barb and Star going to Vista Del Mar. It would have been I on guess- my list. Yeah, I guess they do make movies like this now because yeah. they made Barb and Star. 
yeah. And that movie just came out on Hulu or something, so. Yeah, uh, a couple years true. ago, yeah. Yeah, I like that was, movie. I really loved Marvin Story. Yeah, that was yeah, one I never saw. Like so. All right, uh, GM has Gross Point Blank. I have to let it ride with the better 1997 movie about characters mm-hmm. returning to their hometown for a 10-year high school reunion and questioning their life choices along the way. The movie also shares four crew members in the music and sound department. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those crew members were busy in 1997. Mm-hmm. All right, then we got Stefan. He has Easy A, Lisa Kudrow in high school, where someone fakes sex. Uh, I think Lisa Kudrow Another is one of my favorite principles. movies. Yeah. Uh, Ten Years, a movie with a stacked cast going to their high school reunion. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Clueless, similar movie except actually good. So. Ouch. All right, oof. Well, wait, well, you know, gotta get one he likes. Uh, Kyle Curry closes us out from the listener list. He has Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, two-name mm-hmm. title, great soundtrack, high school vibes, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, Janine Garofalo, adults playing teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gross Point Blank, nominated again, Reunion Shenanigans, and Heavenly Creatures, two best girlfriends who can't be kept apart, goes a very different direction than Romy and Michelle. There you go. All right. Taylor, you get to go first. All right, I have a couple. Uh, Some of those had floated around my mind, too, but I will save time and not re-mention them. Um, (laughs) A couple that I remember, so uh, one that stuck out to me was the movie Dick. Do you know that movie? Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, the two the best friends who yep. discover the white. Yeah. The um, yeah. Watergate. Yeah. Yep. So two. Yeah. Blonde girls getting into trouble. Um. And then another was is kind of similar. Ghost World. Do you guys know Ghost World? Yep. That's I, one, like you talked about seeing like the seeing the poster at the video store a bunch. That's like one that I would always exactly. See yeah. Yep. So say is that's my connection there. Is like I feel like it's very different. But again, two. Two girls, and I love Ghost World. I think that's a great movie. And I only saw it for the first time a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and then my last one is, and these are all just, again, when I said this movie was about vibes, like these are just mm. movies that give me the same sort of vibe. So I don't know the oh. loose ladder connections, but another one is, but I'm a cheerleader, yep. um, which I love. Um, and that movie, it, they're just very like pink <laughs> movies and very like colorful and bubbly. And, uh, so I don't know if there is a direct connection between Bud Cheerleader and Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion, but to me they're they're really well, similar. We'll find we'll it's, find some. Yeah, 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 I trust that you would. So, yeah. All right, nice. All right. Um, um, I get to go first. Go next. I get yeah. to go next. Um, my first one is gonna be another movie starring a Sorvino with a Romeo in it. This mm-hmm. one is Romeo plus Juliet. Uh, I believe yep. even from the same year. Um. Yep. So yeah. Uh, I, I even have a title connection. It would just be Romy and Juliet. Yeah. What about Sorvino? <laughs> you got to have Sorvino in the title. Oh, yeah. Sorvino and Juliet. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brendan, remember when I messaged you earlier today and I said, oh, I thought of a really good one. That was it. was it. that one. It was, yeah. I already had Romy and Juliet, and then I realized Paul Sorvino was also in it. Yeah, uh, exactly. He plays uh, Juliet's father, I believe. Ah, uh, yep. That makes sense. Um, next one is going to be, uh, I'm going to recommend it again, just because I think this movie is really great. Um, I know I've brought it up a bunch. Uh, Something Wild. With Jeff Daniels and Melanie Griffith and Ray Liotta, all about uh, people lying in preparation for their high school reunion. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, Isn't that a road trip movie as well? Or it not? is a road trip movie as well. Um, next one is going to be Booksmart, uh, two female best friends who find out that they're actually like <laughs> the not like no that they um, 
never got to do anything they wanted to do in high school, and they try to enjoy their entire high school experience in the course of one night. Um, and then for my fourth one, the one I brought up earlier about two best friends who really only understand each other, who go on a road trip, um, Dumb and Dumber. Ah, no. oh, nice. I hate no. Booksmart. Booksmart, you can, your ladder can be one of Taylor's least favorite movies. Oh, man. <laughs> but I, 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 I like the rest of I'm not a those. fan of Booksmart. <laughs> um, probably for different reasons, but I, I was not, I was not fun with that. Uh, I liked Booksmart. But, yeah, okay. I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. All right. Uh, so only two movies have been taken off my list. Gross Point Blank and Romeo plus Juliet. So, uh, I mean, I've watched this 36 times and never get tired of making fun of it. How do we not have Pretty Woman on the list? It was yeah. actually in the movie. Um, and, awesome. yeah. Um, the next one I'm going to do is uh, Now and Then. So yeah. it's a something and something, and it's also got Janine Garofalo, and it's got, um, I think it's got like, flashbacks and like, re- you know, older. I love, older. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another one that I remember, I vividly remember seeing that at the video store, I never watched I, it. I really don't remember Janine Garofalo being in it, though, so I wonder. Yeah, she's I, not one of the, she's not one of the. She's not one of the main? She's not, um, not one of the mains. Oh, I don't know then. Um, I don't know, came up on her list, so. She might play, ooh. Hmm. Oh, she's like a, I know who she plays. I just looked at. She's like a very minor character. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I think I was confusing her with the Christina Ricci character because yeah. they sort of look mm. similar. Yeah, Demi Moore plays her when she's yeah. older. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Um, all right, and then um, I'll do Mike and Dave need wedding dates. So uh, somebody and somebody going to an event. Um, I don't know. This one I wanted to see. Um, We'll stick with the and and and. We'll go with Bill and Ted's, uh, any of those, but let's do just the original, the excellent adventure. So more traveling in time, high school, um, Bill and Ted. I wonder if the newest Bill and Ted might actually be a better, uh, so they're older now, but we'll just stick with the original. And then um, let's throw a young adult on there for somebody returning to their hometown, uh, older and reconnecting with people from high school. Um, more of a terrible person than that. And then I have two that uh, honorable mentions on my list. I don't know if you have a lot on yours. Um, Mystery Men I almost wrote down. Um, Carrie I thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, That's funny. And Quiz Show. And what else? Uh, Dumb Louise was on my list, obviously. Um, Reality Bites for Jenny uh, yep. Garofalo. Uh, Mimic for Mira Servino. And X2 I thought about <laughs> as well. Yeah, That would be fun. Um, yeah, and the only two that I so I had lucky numbers, yeah. which is uh, Lisa Kudrow shortly after this and John Travolta. I think they win the lottery. Is like it's a very uh, high concept movie, and uh, so Lisa Kudrow gets rich. And then the other one was just Office Supply products. Uh, I wrote down mm-hmm. Office Space. Oh yeah. So, um, all right, Brennan, why don't you read what we got, and then uh, we'll, what do we want to just pick one each? I think. Uh, yeah, good. one each. I think it's fine. Um, okay. All right, let's take it from the top. Uh, time after time, Mulholland Drive, Clueless. The Replacement Killers, Heathers, Napoleon Dynamite, Thelma Louise, Remember the Titans, Gross Point Blank, Legally Blonde, Barbed Star, Go to Vista Del Mar, Gross Point Blank, Easy A, Ten Years, Clueless, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Wet Hot American Summer, Gross Point Blank, Heavenly Creatures, Dick, Ghost World, But I'm a Cheerleader, Romeo plus Juliet, Something Wild, Booksmart, Dumb and Dumber, Pretty Woman, Now and Then, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, 
Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Young Adult. Zach, you get to go first. Ooh, I get to go first. All right. Um, uh, I think I'm going to do... I'll go Barb and Star, since I haven't... S- no, let's go Gross Point Blank. It was re- it was uh, Gross Point Blank was suggested three times. It was on my list. Uh, you know, it's a twin movie. We just stay in high school a little bit longer. Do third week in a row of high school reunion. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, I get to go next. Um, I was gonna recommend Gross Point Blank if you didn't, just because it feels like, as as stated by one of the listeners, it's the twin movie to this movie. It feels mm-hmm. like the logical next up. Um, but. Also, I mean, I said that this movie, you know, has huge Barbet Star vibes, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in Barbet Star because oh, you're gonna that. make it hard. And yeah. I really loved Barbet Star, but and it's very similar to this movie. Okay. So nice. And um, Taylor, what do you think? Um, well, you guys should pick what you want, but I'll say <laughs> I thought Romeo and Juliet had the best uh, connections, so I'll go from yeah. there. And if you Go in that direction, you'll probably open up a lot more stuff you can do. So. As long as we don't watch Shakespeare in Love, because I just watched that. I, don't <laughs> that. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's very hard to find Romeo and Juliet on Letterboxd, because if you, if you do and, uh, yeah. if you don't do the plus, it doesn't come up. And, and now it's not even coming up for that. You search uh, for a Boz Lerman and you'll be fine. That's true. <laughs> oh, there we go. Romeo and Juliet. Right. Romy and Juliet is a good title connection, Brendan. Yeah. I do like that. All right, so streamability. We've got Gross Point Blank is uh, not streaming anywhere, so you got to right. rent that one. Barb and Star is on Hulu. Hulu, yeah. Um, or you can pay to rent it. And uh, Romeo and Juliet is on HBO Max. Fantastic. Max. Yeah. Um, I would be good with any of the three of these, really. I think it's a good final three. Um, um, I kind of want to... I'm sorry, Actually, go ahead. I just a good list overall. Uh, we have good good listener picks, good, good host picks, so... Yeah, really fantastic casts in all three, really fantastic stories in all three. Um, all three I've seen, so I mean, I'm not a tiebreaker here in that term. Um, I haven't revisited Gross Point Blank since the late 90s when I saw it. Um, Barvin Star is one of those ones where I feel like we end up saying a lot of the same things we said this week, even though I think it's a fantastic connection, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where the movies are like so similar, we just sort of be vibing along the same lines as this week. I feel like that's why we should do Romeo and Juliet. I think that's why we should do Romeo and Juliet, too. Um, um, it would be our first and, Shakespeare. Yeah, and we get, you know, we get to honor Paul Servino by picking, you know, the Servino. We've done the parent connection yep. before. We've done the parent um, connection. Um, it's Romy, and yeah, I mean, it's... And Michelle. Yeah, yeah Romeo and Michelle. All right. Um, that's fine. I'm good with and that. Julie um, yeah. And we're getting away from uh, we're getting away from high school reunions because this would have been what? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, they are teenagers in Romeo and Juliet yeah. too. I mean, it's not like it's total miss right. from high school. I mean, it's, right? Yeah, we can see yeah. how it's like a high school movie, and it takes place in you know uh, beach town of California as well. Yeah, so much that's like true Verona. Uh, yeah, much like I think that was. I don't remember where that was. Beverly Hills is where their store was. But I'm, I'm really excited to revisit Harold Perrineau in a non-lost. Yeah, not. Um, yeah. Um, is there any chance that uh, that Elvis is out streaming in two weeks so we can just do Elvis? <laughs> I mean, it might be. It'd be yeah. probably for like a twenty-dollar rental. Like uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah but it could be. Yeah. Like I know the Black Phone is already out for streaming if you're willing to pay twenty bucks for it. Nice. Oh, there you go. Taylor's going to watch that tonight, probably. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Ethan uh, Hawke, you like him. 
Yeah. I All do right. Uh, next week, Romeo, Romeo and Romeo plus wow. Michelle from 1996. I can't believe you picked my pick when I have no stake and I'm probably Heck not yeah. going to watch it. So That's why it doesn't matter what we pick because it just matters how we feel. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's how Shakespearean of you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, oh, and Brennan gets the point because he got to pick before me. Otherwise, this would have been on my list. So Brennan's mm. stealing a point from me this week um, yep. on the, the leaderboard that doesn't mean anything. I know, so. right? Uh, and Paul, well, this is like uh, a um, belabored connection, yep. but Paul, do, Paul Rudd is in this movie, mm-hmm. and Paul Rudd plays Phoebe's husband on Friends. That's a good oh, point. nice! Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Great. Yeah, I was thinking the that could have been connection. my one more thing too. Uh-huh. Yeah, you love. So, I mean, it's great. This is a great cast. Um, lots yeah. of people went on. Really good lots cast. Of, including who this guy. Plays, who Apple. plays the other dad opposite Paul Sorvino? Uh, Never mind, I'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. Yeah. Because I do not recall. Uh, Yeah. All right. Um, Yep. So catch that on HBO Max. Um, Romeo plus Juliet Oslerman's version. You can watch other versions if you want to. Um, But Shakespeare. I'm Shakespeare it up next week. Um, All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, what is everybody looking forward to watching this week? I do have a suggestion for you, Taylor, also. But what's something you're looking forward to watching this week? Or I've got really no, nothing on the radar uh, film. Oh, you know what? No, I do. I'm very excited for the Barbie movie, even though it's not yeah. going to be a while. I'll probably be back before Barbie. Yeah, I think you'll be back. Before, I hope you're back before that, because like at least a year away. I know, but I'm so excited. I think about it like every day. So I'm That's like your it. way of telling us you're not coming back. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie I'm the most looking forward to is the ninth Avatar movie. Um, <laughs> there's also another Noah Baumbach movie that I was reading about yet. Yesterday that I am looking forward to it with Adam Driver. That oh I yeah, 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 yeah. That's on my list. I don't remember what it's called. It's yeah, yeah it's yeah. It'll probably be out streaming something, soon. Something that'll make you cry, probably. Yeah. Sure. So, nice. Uh, well, you should watch on HBO Max, Taylor. I think you'd really like the rehearsal. Oh, I've been watching it. Okay. Um, yeah. So and uh, I did you watch the one, the most recent one? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. You guys think this is all like a big? Like, all six episodes are connected. I think so. Yeah. I think the... Fr- Brennan, you haven't watched this yet. I right? haven't watched it at all. Okay. But so, I, I think the first one was a one-off, and it kind of yeah. set up a little bit of stuff that they pull in, but now I think the, the next couple are all going to be this story. Yeah, I think it will come back to the first one, too. Like, bringing the bar... And yeah, I was the like, bar, yeah. yeah. I, like, my mind was... Like, I really didn't see it going this way, and I'm very excited. Yes, definitely. Uh, and, uh, you know, friends of the podcast, Av and Chester, are doing it on pretty, pretty, pretty good. They finished okay. all their curbs, so now they're doing the rehearsal. And the first episode, Chester came out and was like, I don't think I like this show. It's not good to podcast about. And apparently he is a big mea culpa coming uh, out on the oh. podcast also tonight. It totally Remember? went sideways. Like, it felt like it was going to be, like, Nathan for you, too, essentially. Yes. You know, like, yep. a little more interesting, but, like... It, you know, I was like, oh, I get that. Like, I don't know if I've ever watched a show where, like, the second episode totally shook what I even believed the show was. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's wild. I feel like I'm pretty good. I would have to, I got to track the the things that I recommend to you, how often I'm right when I recommend something to you if you end up liking it. Um, but mm-hmm. I know I also recommended Chippendale Rescue Rangers for you and the kids to Yeah, watch, have so. not gotten around <laughs> to that yet. But, yeah. oh, yeah. And that's the, like, you know, I, I say I haven't watched any movies this year, but I've watched Finding Nemo ten times. I've there watched the Paw Patrol movie ten times. Uh, you know, so I, I am watching something. Encanto. Finding Nemo is 
Finding Nemo is pretty great. I mean, even 10 times. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, she's not old enough to, like, get anything interesting. So it's like, so Encanto is probably still beyond her, but it's like, (laughs) you you watch A Bug's Life. um, She likes that, too. Oh, there you go. You know what I have to say, though? A Bug's Life, it's very strange. Like, you know, they, like, CGI'd Kevin Spacey out of an entire movie. But, like, they Kevin Spacey is the evil bug in A Bug's Life. And I'm like, it would take nothing to, like, re-record this dialogue. And, like, oh, yeah. just Chris Evans do it. Yeah. Or, or Christopher Plummer. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> just yeah, and uh, but instead, like I have to sit here and watch this yeah. Kevin Spacey mi- movie, you know, a million times in a row. So yeah, you know that's interesting. Uh, Bugs Life and Ants are even more twin movies than we thought because Ants <laughs> has Woody Allen as one of the voices. Oh so, God, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I still I still like Kevin Spacey, the actor, not the person. I think he's got a great screen presence, but. I get it. He sucks. So, um, anyways, I was just uh, joking. I was just joking about uh, what if the default when the image fails to load on post show recaps, we have the default image set to a Game of Thrones image. But uh, what if it was a House of Cards image? Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's the first podcast on post show <laughs> recaps, or one of the first podcasts. One of the first. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right, Brendan, what are you looking forward to watching? What's one thing you're looking forward to watching? Um, definitely gonna go see Nope. This weekend, um, ah, Jordan Peele's that. new movie. Looking forward uh-huh. to that. I didn't get around to it this weekend, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it next weekend. Um, other than that, uh, I think I'm going to tackle the biggest Wes Anderson blind spot I have for Criterion this week. Um, and finally, see the Dijerling Limited, mm. which I've never or how like you pronounce it, which I've never mm-hmm. seen. So people don't like it. I thought it was good. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. Sorry for that. Jarling Limited, I think is how it's pronounced. Jarling. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and for me, I randomly have Moonfall from the library. It was on like the express shelf. So I got it. So I think I'm going to try to watch Moonfall at some point. Um, I also am catching up on Robin Akiva Need a Podcast and I'm up to the RRR episode. And Fantastic. so I think I'm finally going to watch RRR. But yes. I'm confused. Are there like, multiple ways to watch it? Are there multiple no, versions? It's, it's Netflix. Oh, I thought there were like multiple like language versions. Or there something. are multiple languages in the film. But okay. no, just, it's going to so be subtitled. I don't have to find like a. No, no, no. It's going to be subtitled for you the whole way through. And okay. Just enjoy All right. It. Yeah. So yeah. I got to watch. I got to find three hours to watch RRR. But, yeah. It's uh, pretty great. RRR, Triple R? What is it? Is it just RRR? That's, yeah, it's like. Rise, Revolt. I don't remember what the third R is. It's it's hard to say. RRR. It makes my job. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, I'll probably watch that at some point. Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of early. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. We'll see. I liked RRR. Right. Right, you should watch the rehearsal, and then you can uh, have some opinions. The rehearsal? Yes, exactly. The triple R rehearsal. All right. Well, and with that, we will be back next week for Romeo plus Juliet R plus J. Will it equal love? We'll find out. So thanks, Taylor, for being back. Do you want people to – I think you usually say no, right? Do you want people to do anything for you, follow you or anything? No, I'm good. I'm locked down. I – no, if you're ever in Rhode Island and you want to see uh, improv comedy, come to Kismet Improv. But there besides you go. that, uh, that's my only plug. Kismet Improv will be where we'll have the Movie Ladder podcast in-person meetup someday. Perfect. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. Uh, anything, Brennan? I don't. You're doing not, nothing. You want to plug, right? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, well, uh, we will <laughs> see. Where art thou, Romeo? We will find out next week.
right. So, Taylor, we've been doing this thing after the uh, credits roll uh, where we do like a post-credit thing where we read like the best letterbox reviews for the movie. And I was going to kind of skip it because like, I don't know if we need to do it with Gaston. But it's kind of crazy. Some of these like are like direct ties to things the listeners wrote it on. So we have to talk about this. So the first one, this is just a funny one. It just says, Romy holding on to a grudge for 70 years is relatable. Um, <laughs> but that was dream Romy. And that wasn't real Romy. Right. Um, but then we had one guy who said, uh, Brat is his name. And he said, uh, dream sequence featuring Justin Thoreau as a cowboy predicted Mulholland Drive, which was mm, sent in by a listener. And then another person wrote this super long review. And he says, not to say David Lynch copied Lucy Kudrow, but this was literally Mulholland Drive. And let's look at the similarities. Otherworldly setting of Los Angeles, a mysterious figure known as the cowboy, two women who are obviously in love, an extended Lynchian dream sequence that truly rattles you to your core and leaves you questioning the mere existence of reality itself. (laughs) And if there was ever a concept of time or we all collectively hallucinated it as a way to materialize life's complex configuration of space material and self and Justin fucking Thoreau. There you go. Um, And then another person who said... Uh, Mona May is the costume designer. She did this movie and Clueless. Mm. So our listeners Makes are really in line with the Letterbox reviewers on this one. Are they plagiarizing? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I hope. I like to think that they have original okay. thoughts and they just happen to. Yeah, that would be a lot of work to go plagiarize though. Letterbox yeah. reviews. Uh, 